If I pick Bonk, we're getting swept. Oh, <laughs> big Shay. That was that was set up. You palmed big the Weber. No, no, man. No, no, no. You palmed it. All tricks fuck, bud. Early controversy already. We haven't even started. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show. Uh, I'm your host, Brock Fleming. On the other side with me, as always, is none other than Pep Cariotti sporting his retro... Ottawa Rough Riders lid. That's a good looking lid, bud. Welcome. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it. Thank you. I uh, stumbled there because the long hand is covering the date on my on my watch. It's June fifteenth. For those who are looking for the date, that's crazy. Mid June already. Hey, if you live in the Orleans, actually, if you live anywhere in the city, but if, you know, uh, particular Orleans, visit uh, National Sports. They are closing, and. It's 70% off the entire store. Uh, sorry. Se- yeah, 70% off the entire store. Uh, there's a, except for shoes where it's 50% off. Um, but like, I mean, it, and it's right now it's scraps for the most part. I think they're closing fairly soon. But uh, get in there. They have a ton of red black stuff. Not this. Um, but um, they might have one more of these. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too sure. It's been a while. But I saw the ad and uh, they, I saw a couple of pictures. I gave them a call just seeing what they had left. Um, so, yeah, they've, uh, get in there while the going's hot. Interesting. You should have called me while you were in there. Give me some FaceTime. Grab the scraps. I, I, haven't, I haven't been in there. But oh, I'm you sure didn't go in uh, yet. Oh, okay. No, I, no, no. I just called the there. I, I had just gone right before the last shutdown. I was in there, and it was uh, it was starting to get bare bones. And uh, when I called them today to say, hey, what's you got anything left? Well, when are you closing? And they said, yeah, there's not a whole lot left. But uh, if you like Redback stuff, there's uh, 70% off their jerseys and stuff like that. So uh, Usually that uh, works out in my favor because they're like, oh, we don't really have anything left. We got this like four or five X thing. Would you take it? <laughs> yes, sold. actually, I will. I will. I'll take everything. It's sold. Uh, okay, so a couple of things uh, that we want to talk about. One thing, okay, we don't have a, okay, put it in front of the screen. What is it? I just, just want to make sure it's not, uh, I'm not drinking beer, guys. It is uh, sour, cream soda. All right. The other thing we're going to, sh- there you go. Do you know where the camera is on that thing? <laughs> it's stupid. You're camera. holding Sorry. it up like right next to it. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there is a uh, uh, a cool event happening Friday, yeah. June 18th. And it is a fundraiser mm-hmm. for the Ottawa Dog Rescue Foundation, mm-hmm. I believe. Yep. And it is put on by a buddy of yours, uh, yep. an avid listener and contributor, uh, oftentimes uh, verbal scrapper. Oh, controversial. Yo, controversial. controversial. He's in there. He yep. likes He's opinionated. He puts it out there. Anyway, yep. he's uh, this is for a great cause too, but Mike Gatta is putting on a, uh, a Hot Wheels... Talladega night <laughs> race. The Talladega. <laughs> so, for those who don't know, we did post something. I don't know if it was you or me or whoever on our uh, page. And it was during COVID. There was no sports on. And there was a YouTube channel or somebody had posted a thing where they had taken all these Hot Wheels and put them on a treadmill. And basically started to pop up the treadmill faster and faster. Whatever car was left at the end, um, won this race. And this actually, if you look at the YouTube channel, the guy's got 
you know, multiple heats, you know, different race nights, whatever. Like it's almost a Hot Wheels race league. Anyway, mm. uh, it was actually pretty fun to watch. I got to say that was fun to watch. And then I think you posted one too, where it was, it was just, it was marbles going down like a sand beach that somebody put like tracks on. And you're just like literally following these marbles, trying to figure out which one was going to win. Yeah, and I when you that. we don't have sports on, it's you just cling to it. But it was interesting anyway, <laughs> and my, I'm sure my kids are going to enjoy it. So, uh, but it happens this Friday. It's live on their Facebook page. It's uh, twenty dollars a car. So you you pay twenty bucks, you get a car. There's like multiple ways to get to the final stage. You have a couple heats and stuff like that. So they're making it an event. I know that you're going to be involved in some facet. Are you not? Yep. Yeah, I'll be there at, live uh, at his place when they're doing it. They have a treadmill down in the basement and uh, with all the cars and. Uh, He's got like he's got a few things going on. Like he'll have the heats in the races. I think he's got a demolition derby too uh, at the end. Like it'll, it'll he's he's making it worth your twenty bucks for sure, <laughs> for sure, for sure. He's super excited about it. And uh, uh, one one thing about Ottawa Dog Rescue is that you know the people who work for Ottawa Dog Rescue are incredible people. And Mike's got Mike's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. His heart is just pure gold. Him and his wife Stephanie. And uh, you know one thing we were ta- I was out with him a couple nights ago, and one thing we were talking about. Uh, when you're looking for a dog, especially with dog Ottawa Dog Rescue, they take they put so much time in fostering the dogs to prepare them for adoption. You know, they go through um, applications and all that stuff, right? If the application says this dog is not good with cats, or this dog does is not good with kids, or both, and you get a dog and you have cats and a kid. I mean, you got you got to be responsible as somebody who is adopting a dog to get the right dog for your family because a lot of the times these dogs get adopted and then within a, a couple of weeks they're they're right back where they started because all oh, the dog doesn't fit. Well, the dog it says on the application the dog doesn't like cats. The dog will fight cats. You have cats, so just be smart about it when you're and because Ottawa Dog Rescue do such good work only to have some of these dogs come back. And it's not fair. It's not fair to the dog. It's not fair to the rescue. It's not fair to anybody. So just be smart about it. That's my take. That's my one take on on dogs. I, I, I get frustrated when I hear this kind of stuff because the good the people that work for Auto Dog Rescue are incredible. They really are. They're incredible people. And then what they do and the, the the costs they cover, you know, for spay and neuter and all that stuff. I mean, that's it's, it's great stuff. So hopefully you'll join and uh, and if you want to adopt a dog, consider Auto Dog Rescue. Well, I was telling my kids about the race. I said, oh, and I was like explaining it to them and the whole time they're like are we getting a dog do we get a dog are we getting a dog i'm like no we're we're just we're we're gonna get a car to cheer for online that's it but i mean we got chubs from a rescue he was uh his mom was a rescue from hurricane katrina at the time and got knocked up on the way up and that's how chubs came to be and we ended up getting him off of a foster parent uh and i still when i go to ken tasker's place like Greeley manatic we passed kind of the manatic yeah. station road that we had to go down and visit him a couple times and choose the one that we wanted and that we gelled with and you go a couple weeks before too like multiple times to sort of foster that relationship anyway mm-hmm. that's how we got him uh so i support that and actually ox that we only we got at colgate was another rescue dog too that we had got had litter and um adopted that way um, just promise me, Mike, if you're listening, Pep, if you're going to be there, if there's a demolition derby, I don't know how this is, but I know you and your wrestling figures and Hot Wheels. And if it's just <laughs> you guys like making sound effects and making no. these cars crash and whatever, I will call you out no, and turn on. it off. No, okay? no, come on. I'm a grown man. I'm 44 years old. I'm not, I grew- not going to like... 
Again, I preempted it with your wrestling ring and whatever, so I could totally see it going that direction. But please, for the love of God, let's not uh, get that on video anywhere. I'll pass along the message. (laughs) All right, let's get in. I don't know. We got... uh, No, that's Tasker's thing. I was going to do the headlines. I have headlines here, do I? We got headlines, yeah. All right. Let's. uh, I know. I don't have it on my soundboard anymore. It's in the, the stream there. Headlines with Brock and Pep. Headlines. Oh. We haven't seen it. It's true. We have not used it in a while. I even went to hit the button that it usually is headlines on the soundboard, and it's it's for when Tasker joins us. We have to na- we have to name her the the headlines voice girl. Oh, I'm like I, you I totally it's probably, lost it's me where that's probably happened. Siri or whatever, but the. Anyway, uh, headlines. Yeah, we've got a few things to talk about. Uh, before we talk about MLB pitchers, I want to just... Uh, did you see the soccer player who had cardiac arrest on the field? Yes. Um, I heard about it. I saw people uh, like post about it. I obviously wasn't watching the game. Uh, I don't watch soccer. Um, but I searched it out to see what had happened. There wasn't a lot of news, just that he was taken off on a stretcher and then he collapsed. Mm-hmm. And getting the news later on, it actually, uh, from all indications, that he had basically died on the field and was resuscitated on the field, was he not? Yeah. Yeah. So they, uh, Christian Eriksson is a player from Denmark, and he collapsed with he had a cardiac episode. He was, uh, he was out. He was dead. And they, uh, they cardioverted him. So they, you know, they put a defib, defib on, and the, he got, they brought him back with one shot, which is generally, which is usually a good sign. So um, he's alive and well. He actually gave the old uh, thumbs up from his from his uh, hospital room uh, via Twitter. But my uh, my hope, I want to mention it also because it, it was a scary thing to see to witness. But like mm-hmm. ESPN kept filming, and uh, so what his teammates did when he was having this uh, event, and all the paramedics came, is they his teammates formed a circle around uh, what was going on to sort of block the the, the fans or anybody from seeing what was going. On. ESPN kept rolling, and. Uh, I understand maybe like they weren't ready for commercial yet or, you know, these things, everything's timed, right? Everything, the whole situation, the whole episode is timed, but like, would you not maybe just pull away? Maybe I, I found it really disturbing to, to know what was sort of what was going on and to have the, the, the camera just focused on the, I just, I, your thoughts, fair or foul? That's fair. In my opinion. ESPN. Um, yeah. Like okay. in fairness to ESPN, um, you know, a player goes down a soccer field, you know, you don't necessarily, you don't know the severity of it. You don't know a lot of that stuff. And mm-hmm. then what's fair to a viewer or somebody who's watching this, um, you know, I, whatever. I see your point, but at the same time, like cutting just out, I just don't know if they had the right amount of information for it either. Um, you know, it's uh, it's also ratings and, and viewership and stuff like that from a, a TV standpoint and you know, this is, an, I don't know, I, unsympathetic, not unsympathetic, but I don't want to come off as that when you're like, oh, well, this is the most exciting part of a soccer game or this is whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's people are tuning in to see what's going on, make sure hopefully that he comes out of it. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, you just can't really hold ESPN at fault. The players putting themselves around is great. That has mm-hmm. nothing to do. They don't know if ESPN is still broadcasting this or not, but there's also a bunch of yep. fans in the stadium. So they're trying to, you know, provide as much privacy as possible uh, in that situation. 
Yeah. Um, you know, maybe there's a medical tent that could be put up next time or like they you know how the NFL has done it. They don't cut yep. away from it, but they have a tent mm-hmm. that they go under to now and, and, and deal with it that way. I just, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's anything worth um, being upset with ESPN or the coverage for what they did or what they didn't do. I'm prepared to give the ESPN a benefit of the doubt in that situation. Uh, you know, I just seeing the Facebook and Twitter responses, uh, you know, and, and it just takes, uh, you know, one spark to light a flame, right? So it's one person to bring up the issue for it to blow up. Oh, yeah, right. I can't believe it. You know, and all of a sudden it's like 20 replies. Uh, it was crazy stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, glad the guy's okay. Uh, Euro Cup's pretty good soccer. I, I enjoy it. Uh, I, did, I did watch France this afternoon. I saw a guy uh, tumble, fall, stand and look at the ref, and then get up and then go back down again and just sit on his butt. Um, I th- I'm not sure he was trying to kill time. I think France was up one zip and uh, they were, you know, how, you know how it goes in the extra time. I, see that stuff in sports I can do without, but anyway, that's enough about that. Uh, I know, I know how you, you feel about, uh, about soccer in general. I appreciate but, high level competition. I appreciate yeah. like real high stakes and, and, uh, a, a big stage environment. So I yeah. will, and I, I watch some of soccer as it gets further down the road yeah. of this tournament. I will watch it because of those uh, intangibles that you don't get with everyday soccer. But at the same time, you know, those kind of plays and reactions by players are also maybe why ESPN's not turning the channel right away and being like, oh, I got to flip the switch and have respect for this player who's mm-hmm. on the thing. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like, they're notorious yeah. for faking injuries. I'm not saying he's num- he's necessarily, like, you know, that initial thing is not really a fake thing. But if you're going on those uh, split-second decisions, that might kind of play into it. For sure. And, hey, uh, you know, some of the best soccer I've watched was with uh, one of our best friends, Mike Ferreira. Hey, there, speak of the devil. Number one sport in the world. I don't know about that, but it's one of the most popular. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, you got anyways, a ball and some feet and don't want to get watching, touched. You can play soccer. Watching Portugal with Mike, it was some of the best times of my life. Like, the you know, just loving and the the patriotism and all that. It's pretty cool stuff. But It's watching on. those Portuguese fans watch oh, the awesome. soccer that it is. It's not the game as much. It's watching oh, that. His uh, mom and his sister just uh, and his dad just just like – Everything, every wrong move is just like, God damn it. You know, and they kick something or each other. It's awesome stuff. I will sh- um, give a shout out to, uh, is it Ronaldo is the big star for yes. uh, for Portugal? Yes. Again, some, just, I see him on a lot of things. I don't follow him on social media. He's not on a lot of the, like the mainstream stuff that I follow. Yeah. But just little things that he does with the fans and uh, as like a leading by example. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty impressed with it. And again, with the relationship, you know, they show guys running on the field that are not supposed to be there. They're going to get destroyed by security. You know, he takes time still to say something or there's he's getting on the bus. He, he takes those those moments. And then this one I saw today was he was doing a press conference. And of course, he's, you know, got 300 million followers or something. I had kids idolize him all over the world. And he's there. It's a big it's probably during Euro Cup, sponsored by Coke. He's got a couple of Coca-Colas in front of him, whatever. And he goes out of his way to, like, move that out of the way and, like, promote drinking water. Like, don't drink Coke. I'm not trying to sell. I want kids to start drinking Coke. What, you know what I mean? Like, there's a that, health yeah. thing. Anyway, yada, yada. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Again, I was just, shout out to him. I think he's doing some kind of cool things for a soccer player. 
I can appreciate that. Here's what I can appreciate. Oh. We Portuguese people love the unsportsmanlike convo. Hey, all right. Okay. Give him a little air horn there. Okay. <laughs> all right. Moving on. MLB pitchers will now face a 10-game suspension with pay if they're caught using a foreign substance. With pay. Um, your thoughts on that, and uh, I know that we've seen there's a, there's a lot of examples right now. There's a there's a dude on, um, I think it's on John Boy, who basically lives to just catch pitchers. He just, he just his focus is on the pitchers, and he's got... He's, I've and seen he's, that. Bang on, you know, and he shows the pitcher kind of rubbing the ball, rubbing his hand on the on the inside of his glove. Um, so clearly, they're using a foreign substance. It's to like some sort of tack to get a grip on the ball, and it increases the spin rate. Um, a, your thoughts on on pitchers no longer being able to do that, and B, like, what's the point if they're going to get paid? Where's the incentive to stop? The incentive to stop is not there. Uh, the incentive to start. Is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I wasn't cheating and wasn't using a substance to help me, and I'm like, all right, you know, I'm doing okay, or maybe I'm in the minors trying to fight my way up. Well, yeah, I'm gonna cheat the whole way up there, and as long as I can get there, then if I get caught, sure, suspend me for ten games. I'll take a break with for ten pay. games with pay. Like, you know what I mean? It's not. It's it's going the wrong direction. And if they want to get cheating out of the game from that kind of uh, perspective, I think that's the wrong approach. You have a Tyler Glasnow uh, quote. <clears throat> I do. Yeah. So Tyler Glasnow starting uh, pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays folks. I Very good. Actually, he's the race. He says, I just threw 80 something innings and you just told me I can't use anything. I have to change everything. I truly believe 100% that's why I got hurt. I'm frustrated MLB doesn't understand. You can't just tell us to use nothing. It's crazy. I'm choking the blank out of all my pitches. And uh, what he's talking about, I guess, is so when pitchers have substances on the ball, it provides better grip. So when you're throwing the ball and trying to make the thing spin a certain rate to make a certain movement – if you have to put more pressure on the ball to hold the ball, that means there's less finesse in terms of what you can do with that ball. So if you have pine tar or something that's sticky, you can be holding a ball with three fingers comfortably. It's not going to go out. And you're obviously you're throwing it at some high velocity. So you need to have that grip in order to have your release point at the right spot. Without that, he's saying that he's gripping the crap out of his ball because he's got to hold on to it, which means he's if he's three fingers, like he's holding it super tight. And that will eventually lead to injuries. And apparently he's absolutely. blaming that for injuries. Yep, absolutely. Like, look at us when we grip our phone. You know, we hold our phone too tight and we're texting all day. And by the end of the day, our forearm's tight. Our, the muscles in our forearm are, are, have tightened up and our tricep. You know, I, could, I couldn't imagine throwing 80 pitches, uh, period, as hard as I could without my shoulders coming out of its socket. So, but then again, I'm not, I'm not advocating, like, you know, just blatant cheating. I, I, I don't know where I stand on this. I mean, there's been so much cheating in baseball. I mean, define cheating. I don't know. Like, you know, I I, I don't know. It's it's really tough for me because I, I have a, a, an odd stance on the whole steroid scandal, by the way, too. Like, I, I I don't hate it as much as other people do. I don't I don't love it. I don't love the fact that people take, you know, um, enhancement drugs in any sport. But, like, 
you still got to hit the ball is my philosophy. Like a hundred percent. I'm with you with that one, especially when it comes to baseball. It's not a physical sport in terms of you being more stronger or more dominant of another specific player. You still need to be able to hit that ball. So if they talk about steroids being an issue, you know, there are guys that take special contacts that make them have better than 20-20 vision. So, uh, shoot, I had, uh, what was the, uh, Pedroia? I think Pedroia had, yeah. I don't know if he was wearing the contacts or his eyesight was like 820. So I was learning about, you know, catching a fastball and hitting the, the art of hitting a, a fastball and like their, yeah. their eyesight. So the 820 is like, the way it is, is at 2020 means something that's 20 feet from you looks like it's 20 feet from you. These guys have 80, 20 or 820. So something that's 20 feet from you actually looks like it's eight feet from you. That's weird. From like a clarity and understanding. So if just yeah. think about that, put something eight feet from you and look at it, something to read and then put it 20 feet and see what the difference is. Like those are the kind of things that are going to help you hit balls. The fact that they're juiced up hitting these fastballs it didn't take anything away from it for me. Just like, yeah. honestly, if the Major League Baseball is like, sure, use pine tire. Like, everybody can use pine tire and say, use it. You know? And maybe we're getting some real crazy movement on balls now. I would love to see it. You know, for a sport that's uh, over the years has become a little stale for its fan base. Not for me. I love baseball. I love baseball. I don't get bored of baseball at all. I can watch the Jays every inning of the Jays. Um, and just not get bored of it. But um, you make you're bang on. You're like you, you know, for it could excite the game a little bit if you start adding like, like I mean, again, in, within reason. And Mike, uh, our executive producer, brought up an, an excellent question: uh, Are there degrees of cheating? And like, is taking steroids worse than using a little bit of tack on your glove to pitch? Is the tack on your glove to pitch worse than you know uh, a corked bat? Like it. Where do they fall in the hierarchy of cheating? I don't. I'm not smart enough to know. But uh, it's not your job to know. Those, I would think a cork bat might be a little much for me. Like the to enhance your home run if you hit the barrel of the bat and it takes off. You know but what's the difference really between be that and steroids? You say the guy who's juiced up now has to get the bat on the ball. Mm -hmm. The guy who's got a cork bat has to get the bat on the ball. It's still all the same thing, but he's using the bat as the cheating mechanism versus a guy who's injecting himself with steroids. Has yeah, that maybe. mechanism? You know what I mean. Ultimately, it's still, it's still the bat on the ball as being what you have to overcome there. So, do you have that ability? And then, anyway, I just thought, I just think you know being overly muscly doesn't necessarily work to your advantage in baseball. You have to be flexible still. And steroids, I don't know if, how much they can help. But I have to bring we have to bring an expert on. Maybe Lauren should, should come on and talk to us about that. How can steroids help your flexibility and your your range of motion through your hips? Like. Can that provide that extra power that you need? I, I don't like. I don't know enough about anabolic steroids to know that. I know it can help you run faster and build more muscle. There's people we know who would have so. a lot of information. On that. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure. And you know what? That's uh, yeah. All right, move, moving on. Uh, man, this is I just can't. This guy get just get out of the news, bud. Le'Veon Bell ripped Andy Reid this week, saying that he would rather retire. Quote: Rather retire then play for Andy Reid again. Now, um, Le'Veon Bell, since he's left the Steelers, so he, set, he held out for an entire season for more money. He didn't get the more money, so he basically lost a year's salary. He ended up signing with the Jets for the same amount that the Steelers signed him for, would have signed him for. Had an awful tenure with the Jets because they stunk. And then somehow ended up on a championship-caliber team. Um, 
and you and I were talking about this earlier today, like, did you not see the depth chart at running back when you signed with the Kansas City Chiefs? Andy will do whatever he can to get you in the game, but you are a slightly above average speed. You've got good hands. You're not the best blocker in the world, but you're certainly pretty good. Um, Le'Veon Bell, I think he thinks he's a lot better than he actually is at this point in his career. Your thoughts on him ripping, a, a, I think, a respected guy like Andy Reid. What do you think about that? And how, how, does that, how is that going to benefit him if other teams start come calling? Look, from an Andy Reid standpoint, there isn't a guy in football who I think is as liked and respected as Andy <laughs> Reid. I thought I was doing well, Mike. I'm 24 you minutes in. You were doing well. We're 20 minutes in. You're anyway, doing great. Uh, I think uh, my mom who listens had sent me a bunch of uh, synonyms to use. I have to look at those. Anyway. I love your mom. <laughs> I can see Mike <laughs> laughing in the background. Uh, Andy Reid is a coach that everybody wants to play for. Yeah. So the fact that Le'Veon is in public saying something as ridiculous as that basically solidifies that He's lost his marbles somewhere along the lines. He's tainting himself. So any coach is like, well, if you think Andy Reid, you're never going to play for Andy Reid again. I can't hold a candle Andy Reid. How is he going to play for me? You, you, you hit the nail on the, coffin, uh, on the head. On the coffin. Hit the nail on the head. Le'Veon Bell made career-deciding mistakes, and he's paying for it. He tried to hitch his wagon to a Super Bowl champion team. That didn't happen. He also didn't contribute anywhere near what he should have been. And now he's just upset about it. He's got to find another spot to go. And, you know, he could have went back. They had some changes, and, and maybe he could have been, you know, a veteran president saying, you know what, Let's we're still going back. They're going to be a team that's competing for a few years moving forward. But he's burnt that bridge, so that's not there. He's burnt the bridge in Pittsburgh. The bridge in New York, I don't even think he wants to cross. Like, the teams that he has a chance and opportunity to play for are dwindling. I don't know. Yep. I, well, and his situation, I mean, like uh, like we were talking about earlier, his situation in Pittsburgh was perfect. They drafted him to because he was perfect for their system. They had a, a, a young, at the time, offensive line, Ramon Foster, DeCastro, Pouncey, guys that blocked perfectly for his style of running, you know, or he gets the handoff. He actually stops in, in, in his dead in his tracks, assesses the situation, then takes I've never seen a guy run like that. But he made it work. They made it work. The system worked for him. And for him to think he could replicate that running style in New York or in Kansas City is just crazy. It's, it's just absolutely crazy. Pittsburgh did everything they could for that guy. They gave him the ball. He was the, the bell cow, as they say. And, uh, you know, he had... He was getting 30 touches a game, whether it was 25 on the ground and five in the air or or vice versa. Sometimes they would just go all pass happy. He had um, he had a good time in Pittsburgh, and it made him a, it could have made him more money. But anyway, he blew it. Who is Bell playing for, or will he be? Um, well, he's playing for nobody now. He's a he's a UFA. I could see I could see a team like New England maybe take a flyer on him, um, or I could really I could actually see him depending on the situation in Tampa Bay, let's say three or four games in, if they start seeing some injury in the backfield uh, with, you know, Fournette's injury prone in his career, I could see them maybe taking a flyer. He's got some familiarity with Arians, but I, I don't, I don't know. I, who wants it? Who wants a guy with slightly above average speed, ninth year in the league, uh, good hands uh, and a head case in, in the locker room and, a, and an average blocker. Like what can that guy do for a, for a team right now? 
He will be playing for the Montreal Alouettes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. They might come to the CFL and have a good time up here. But I'll tell you what, you know, it, he's he's too slow to play for the fast teams now. He's, he, he couldn't keep up with Arizona. So, like, he, he's burned his bridge. He's also not fast enough to play with on these really fast teams, like Miami and Arizona. They're, he's too slow for those teams. So, now he's really limited to what he can do. So, screw him. I, I got no love for, for Le'Veon Bell. He blew it. He had a good thing in Pittsburgh, and he blew it. All right, and that's your unbiased opinion. That is my unbiased. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, man, I, I, I won't even get into it. I just the whole they would yeah, yeah. maybe they wouldn't have drafted Najee. And I don't know. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, Packer CEO Mark Murphy. Mm. Okay, Mark Murphy. Now, all reports suggest that he said this in jest, and that it wasn't meant to be a real insult. It was more like sort of something funny, something he's repeating something that someone else said. But he base he. Uh, when someone asked him about Aaron Rodgers not showing up to uh, OTAs. These, uh, OTA, he called Aaron Rodgers a, quote, complicated fella. Now, when you are at odds with your all-pro, all all-world quarterback, and a lot's been, you know, back and f- a lot of back and forth over the last couple of months, a couple of weeks, certainly, does this really help the situation? Is it Was it funny or foolish? Well... Uh, shout out to Mark Murphy, Colgate alumni, and my old athletic director. Um, that being said, <laughs> uh, I mean, whatever. I, I think the situation is what it is. If Mark Murphy calls him a complicated fella, throws Aaron Rodgers over the bridge or over the whatever to get out mm-hmm. of there, like mm-hmm. it's already gone. This isn't going to mm-hmm. you know, push him one way or the other. Aaron Rodgers is a complicated fella. You know what I mean? Like they're dealing with uh, a, a guy who has his opinions, has his emotions, has you know a certain a degree of uh, power in uh, in the situation he's in, and complicated is a very good word for it. I guess. I guess. I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. The guy's never really had a, a, outside of Devontae Adams. I mean, we're talking about Greg Jennings, Donald Driver. Uh, Jordy Nelson, like none of these guys are making the Hall of Fame anytime soon. You know, that's all he's had. Weapons wise, Eddie Lacy. Come on, Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy got know? big at one point. He big boy. He's so big boy. you know, I I feel for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, at some point he's he's got to look and say like uh, I don't have that many years left playing at this very 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 high level, and uh, you guys are out here drafting quarterbacks. I mean. Come on, you know you could have drafted a quarterback this year and not last year. I mean, I understand his frustration. I do, hundred um, percent. And I, I like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the guy—he's been a good ambassador for the league. Um, for the most part, he's been a quote machine. He's a funny guy. I'd, I'd, I'd have done all my best to keep him happy. Look what look what Pittsburgh does with Ben Roethlisberger. They go out of their way to keep him happy, and it's and it's served them well. They've been no worse than eight and eight his entire career since two thousand four. That so seems to be. Both, sorry, that seems to be a thing. A pattern with Green Bay, though. Like Green Bay is a beloved organization, but they're also owned like collectively by Green Bay the community. Community, yeah, yeah. Like Saskatchewan is, yeah. And with that, you know, it seems like they're a lot tighter with throwing money around and and you know saying, you know what, we're gonna yep. take a chance and put a ton of cash in to make that push. Uh, but then they also sign a couple DNs for fifty million each or whatever. So there's, you know what I mean? There's those yep. are the kind of things that, from an Aaron Rodgers standpoint, you got to say, well, 
You know, like you're throwing money here, but not in the spots that we kind of need it to be. Yeah, or totally. That's warranted. So there is some, you know, questionable calls from management and stuff. But I also think that that's, that's Green Bay's style for a lot of it and what they've done historically. So they're not, you know what I mean? It'd be different if he was playing for a, a Vegas Raiders organization mm. or something like that where they're just, you know, hand over fist throwing money out to people. Hey, and Green Bay for me is the the most comparable team in the NFL. I'd say that I'd say in this from a CFL parallel, it would be Saskatchewan. But like um, in the NFL, it's Pittsburgh. Like when we talk about you know tradition and like Pittsburgh's family owned, they've only had three coaches in like eighty years and things like that. I they parallel each other. The difference is, you know, there was a, a point where Ben need, Ben said, "I need a big receiver." I'm tired of throwing to Mike Wallace and, and Antonio Brown. I need someone bigger. Emmanuel Sanders, too small. They go out, they get a Martavis Bryant. They appease their quarterback, and it didn't take a lot. And guess what? They they made it to the conference finals that year. So just do a little something-something for your quarterback, man. Like, he's Aaron Rodgers. These guys come along once in 20 years. Like, he is he's all world. You Roethlisberger getting his Plaxico Burris. Well, Plaxico Burst, yeah, that was <laughs> Roethlisberger's rookie year. Then Plaxico took off but and shot himself in the leg. Anyways, okay, college football. This will be the last headline before we move on to some other topics. Yeah, I was going to mention Kwame Brown, but I think there's – if you want a Kwame Brown uh, uh, information, just, just YouTube him and listen to him rip Stephen A. Smith and Mark uh, Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes. They're having uh, words. His career was a hot mess, but he doesn't deserve the abuse that he's been getting. So moving on, college football. Uh, I think last week I mentioned something about I had read, uh, you know, that there might be moving to a 12-team playoff format. That's right. You have an update for us. Well, I don't say update, but you had put out that we were going to talk about it on the show. So if I you did. wanted more info, and then so I joked that it was false advertising. Uh, yeah, so that's <laughs> right. the rumor. You know, they're throwing around a 12-team playoff. Um, mm-hmm. They haven't really come out with the other options that they're considering. I know there's a plenty of them. Um, going from a four to a 12 is a big, a big jump. jump. And this is being talked about for, uh, the 2025 season and on because the playoffs still have a contract for the next couple of years. Uh, the way that would work is that the, basically the top four seeds would all get buys and then five through eight would host nine through 12. Uh, you would have auto-ins for the Power 5 conferences. So the SEC, the Big 10, the Big 12, the ACC, and the Pac-12, whoever wins that conference uh, would get an automatic in. Now, somebody, like one of those conferences, or multiple, it, it could be all four, might also be those top fours. So those top fours that have buys already, you know, might be one of these guys in there, or mostly those people. Uh, anyway, so those power five get automatic bids and then the top school that's ranked for the other conferences has an auto in as well. So that's the, uh, the AAC, the central USA, the Mac, the Western, uh, the mountain West, the Sun Belt, and then any indie team, which falls into that, which an indie team is for those who don't follow it. Notre Dame is an indie team. And if you know me, you hate the fact that they're an indie <laughs> team. Join a conference already. Anyway, so now Notre Dame doesn't have to win a conference. They got to be the highest ranking team out of the other conferences. So, you know, if a team like, um, oh, uh, uh, 
uh, slipped my mind. There's a team last year that went like 13 and 0 or something like that, but they were down from Florida. It was like uh, Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina went undefeated. They might have been the highest ranked uh, non Power Five team, so they would have got an automatic bid into the playoffs. Um, and then the like other that. the other six are at large. So basically, you know how they finish in that top 12. You know if everybody's kind of accounted for, then the next six would be the at large uh, vote ins. Um, it's interesting. The problem with that, like from a pro standpoint, <clears throat> you get a more realistic national championship, you know, um, there's more playoffs, which means more money, which means more like important games. So they get big chunks there. You know, I guess you have some chance for a playoff upset, um, more opportunity for that. Maybe more interest from, uh, fans who are, are in it for the playoffs more than anything. <clears throat> um, those are those are big items you just mentioned. Like to for for upsets to be a potential occurrence, that's, that's pretty big. If Coastal Carolina beat Alabama or something like that, that'd be pretty. That amazing would be stuff. that would be big on a on a playoff level. Like they're still but talking about Appalachian time, State when they beat Michigan, right? Remember yeah, that? But Michigan was beat by Appalachian State during the regular season. So in this format, that game. Uh, doesn't mean anything because Michigan will still go on to be in the playoffs and potentially win. It's like the argument I have with the NFL. If the Patriots lose in week five, week six, when it was Brady and it was like they were going undefeated all the time, you say, oh, we beat them this week. Who cares? They're getting mm-hmm. the playoffs and they're still going to win the Super Bowl. Well, that's it. So all those other ones where it's like, you know what? Oh, Michigan is overlooking Appalachian State because next week they play Ohio State. And it's like, it's just a perfect time. When you get in the playoffs, nobody's overlooking anybody. It's like yeah. you have to get through this. So those kind of games, the the kick six, you know, where Alabama-Auburn, a huge rivalry. Alabama's undefeated. You know, Auburn is uh, a decent team, but not going to win the national championship. You know, uh, Saban decides he's going to kick a field goal at the end of the game to try and win it. It's a long field goal in Auburn. What happens? It's short. And the returner, Chris Davis, catches the ball and decides, I'm going to take this back. Takes it back for a touchdown. Eliminates Alabama from the national championship conversation with that, basically, that return. So things like that, that's the biggest thing for me is that the regular season is not going to be as important. All those games, Mm -hmm. all those upsets you get during the regular season don't mean anything. Yeah. And then for me... consistent about that. Yeah, for me, that's the biggest drawback of it. Yes, the playoffs, play, playoffs in any sport is exciting. So the more teams you have in it, sure. You know, that's my argument with baseball. I want to see more. That's because I want the Jays to get in and, and, you know, see anything can happen at that point. But at the same time, you know, the shorter season with baseball that happened a couple of years ago, every game meant something. Like it was, it had that playoff feel every single time you're out because if you lost too many games there just wasn't enough to catch up and college football is that every single season and that's why it is what it is it's not the nfl and i think you know you you put this 12 uh 12 playoff teams in as much as you know that does help from a um i want to say a fairness to a point less um, emphasis on strength of schedule and like the way they've sort of that algorithm of how they figure out and how they rank teams. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think you're just going to find that if you're already sick of seeing Alabama's and Clemson's and those guys at the top, it's going to be even worse because they're yeah. going to, they're going to afford to lose a game or two and get, you know, snuck up on during the regular season. And it's not going to matter. Mm. It's kind of my, uh, 
I mean, like I said, we, you know, we could have a show on the best regular season play and playoff format in all of sports and all in, we can include college basketball and college football. Um, you know, college football arguably has it right when it comes to the meaning, meaningfulness of games in the regular season. And really there's no other sport like it. NFL is the closest thing, but like you say, right? Like you beat Tom Brady in week 11 when they're 10 and one, who cares? They're right. They're, they're getting ready for the playoffs. But you know, I look at what college basketball should probably, I mean, they play 30 games, right? In college basketball, 30 or 40, something like that. And uh, if you, if you lose 10 or less, you're pretty much going to the dance. Right. Um, no matter who you lose. Especially to, if you're now, in a good conference. Yeah. And then on top of that, you could have a mediocre um, regular season and win your uh, conference tournament and then make it make a bid for the dance. So I think college basketball could learn a little bit from college football, although March Madness is the greatest tournament, I think. But the regular season loses a little bit of luster because of all these variables. Anyway, we could could literally have a show about that. So the last thing I'm going to put out there, these are two big points that I had on my list uh, that I wanted to say is that. there's more big games. So we talk about money in the playoffs and how much money that's bringing in. So that's more big slash huge money games for a league that currently doesn't pay its players. And yeah. two, the longer yeah. playoff system. So they're not going to shorten the regular season in order to do that. They're adding games, right? It's all yeah. adding. They're not taking anything away. Well, mm-hmm. for those who forget, these are student athletes. So the longer mm-hmm. playoffs means that there's more stress for that student athlete during those exam times. Usually mm-hmm. you're done your regular season and then you have, you know, about a month. If you if you are in the playoffs or do anything from a bowl standpoint, you're still practicing, but you have like a month before exams if that yeah. if you're lucky. Now if you're adding multiple playoff games, these students first are not going to have any time to have effective schoolwork done or prepare for their exams. So we almost have to, you know, to a point, you got to stop labeling them as student athletes. They're athlete students and they better be paid accordingly pretty soon because this is, it's absurd. The demand on these student athletes. And if you're doing this kind of stuff, yeah, from a fan's perspective, maybe it's great to see all that kind of stuff. But if you've ever been a student athlete, you got to put yourself in those shoes. And that is not really fair for those kids. I couldn't agree more, actually. Couldn't agree more. And our last headline is uh, really just just a fact. CFL announced that they're going to have a 14-game season, hence my hat. Uh, the, the Ottawa Red Blacks will kick off against the new Edmonton Elks. I really like that name, actually. Um, I've been corrected, too. They got the okay for the weird pronunciation and pluralism of Elks I like it. and Elks. So... I like it. I apologize yeah. for tearing it last time. Hey, the listen, Elks. I like names that end with S. Do I still have My the end? elk sound bite? No, I don't think I do. No? No. <laughs> that, that thing that was yelling in the forest? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> listen, Miami Heat, forget it. Orlando Magic, terrible. All right? Elks. I like it. The Elks. And uh, the Red Blacks are going to start their season August 7th at Edmonton. Then they'll be at Saskatchewan. And uh, from that point, we'll see what happens. I, uh, I think they're strategically starting in the West uh, because Ontario still is unclear as to their reopening plan and how fans will, uh, will be at games, if they'll be at games. I think by that time, we will be a lot better shape than we are now, and we are in actually very good shape in Ottawa. So um, looking forward to that. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. There's a, a season. I'm excited for the players. I'm excited games? for guys you know, that I know that have been on the, the edge 
You know, Nate Hamlin came out, coached with us. You know, he's been on the show. He's a guy who's, you know, came back from BC to his hometown to play in front of family and friends and then have seasons canceled because of COVID. He's literally sitting around waiting for the season to start. And when I say sitting around, he's not just sitting around eating potato chips. Like I sit around, he's working and starting a business, all that kind of stuff. So he's doing the right things. But I'm excited for, he's got to be excited. I'm excited for guys like that. I'm excited for Alain. You know, who's on before the draft, who's going to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to start camp. I'm excited for these guys to get back into it. I'm curious to see how many players um, may opt to not go back to the CFL. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see if there are any big names. They're like, you know what? I've already started my uh, my business. Is now I'm kind of diving full in. It's been a year and a half now. I'm making my money doing this. My body's starting to slow down. I feel aches and pains more because, you know, it's been a season without – um, you know, constant movement and, and, and just getting adjusted to it. And, and they say, you know what, it's just not worth it anymore or I'm kind of done. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see where that comes out. But ultimately, the fact that there's a season going on, I think everybody should be excited. I hope that we can get to games, get outside and enjoy weather like it is today. Yeah. Um, and just, uh, yeah, just kind of get back to, to life. I cannot wait to get into TD Place uh, on the south side on the concourse, have a few frosties with my pals, watch some red blacks football and, uh, you know, uh, just enjoy the lands down experience, which is, it's such a cool place to be. It's one of the nicest stadiums in the CFL. FYI. Uh, if oh yeah. Our listeners, if you, if you haven't been on a regular basis, you know, it really is a, a beautiful, a beautiful city, a uh, beautiful stadium. And the backdrop in both, uh, in both end zones is really nice. Like it's really cool, especially the, I guess it would be the East yeah, the east where the wooden thing is and the big hill. I mean, it's really cool up there. I really, yep. I love this stadium myself. Well, both our, our executive producer in the back and our fact checker are both super excited to get kicked out of the TD place again a couple times this year. So that'll be great. <laughs> Go Riders. Anyway, looking forward to that. Um, so that's pretty much it for headlines. I mean, that's, uh, you know, we're in full sports is in full swing. You know, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs. Blue Jays are in, are in full swing, no pun intended. Um, you know, it's just a, and football OTAs, there's, you know, we're talking about stories and it's, it's a good time to be a sports fan. It really is. And it's exciting. And there's a lot to talk about. I want to take a couple minutes to, oh yeah, Mike, we, we can't wait for you to come with us, man. You're going to love it. It's How has he never experience. been to TD place? Yeah. Well, for a couple of years, he just, football wasn't his thing. He was always at work and stuff during that time, but um, all right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to bringing you, Mikey. Sometimes there's soccer there too, Mikey, if you want to come when there's nobody hey, there. Hey, listen, Ottawa is a good sports town now, you know, with the Blackjacks and they've got the uh, Ottawa FC. That's uh, Look, my buddy Chris Risden, who's a huge soccer guy, um, is really excited about Ottawa. I think I think it's Ottawa FC. Whatever, whatever the Ottawa team is, he's super pumped about it, and it's a good venue to watch soccer. No, I don't know if it's a Fury. I think, it's, uh, I think the Fury's toast. I think it's Ottawa FC. Um, yeah, I super excited. Um, and then of course the Ottawa Titans. <laughs> so you, our executive producer did not like my answer. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, oh, and, and is it, FC not like the biggest cop out of names all the time? It's literally football the, club. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's Washington what, football, football club, football the Washington, whatever, or the I'm, Toronto FC, where the Ottawa FC. Anyway, hey, Edmonton was about to go that route. They were about to go the Edmonton football club. Thank God they decided on a name. I'm pretty happy about that. But uh, Ottawa Titans, who play now in the Frontier League, 
uh, a league that's about, I think there's like 18 teams versus the six that they were playing in the Can-Am League. So that's exciting stuff. That's, and a, that's the baseball team. Go. It's called the Titans now? <clears throat> Pardon me? The baseball team's called the Titans? They're called the Ottawa Titans. They're, uh, the champions are no longer. They're going to put some money into the venue. They're going to improve, uh, uh, what is it What is it called now? Uh, John Shabbat. Like- the Shabbat and Shabbat, uh, whatever <laughs> Where the stadium is. I don't know. It's got, is it's that like what a, it is? <laughs> Shabbat and something or other. I don't know. It's a, it's a, like four names. It's an insurance. Robert Shabbat Grant Thornton. Thank you, Mike. Robert Shabbat Grant Thornton. Uh, you know what? Did he just actually, make that up? You know what? I, I actually know that name uh, from my day job. But anyway. There, well, there you I go. Our, anyway, that's the name of their stadium. That's also a great a really great stadium. Anyways, looking forward to that. Um, I'm going to take, I want to take five minutes. You got three. Make it count. I got to make it count. I might, I might take five. Um, I want to talk a little hoops. Uh, We're going to come back with hockey after this. So if anybody's listening and don't tune out, we're going to come back with hockey. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll be, oh yeah. We got, we got plenty of time. But the hoops, listen, NBA is in full swing and uh, the Phoenix Suns are awaiting the winner of the Utah Jazz and the uh, L.A. Clippers. Uh, Athletic, sorry, it's Ottawa Atletico. That's right. Thank you, Kurt. See? So we were both wrong. See, can we put Kurt on the screen for a second? Well done, Curtis. Way to fact check it. Thank you. I couldn't let Pierre have the last word. Uh, Thank you. Hey, all right. Uh, Kurt, if you don't know, is uh, Brock's brother. And uh, Kurt has some skunks living out in the back shed there. Kurt's got a huge, beautiful yard, but uh, underneath his back shed, some skunks have uh, found a safe haven. Well, Kurt's a welcoming guy. What's that? I said Kurt's a welcoming guy. I'm not not surprised they feel at home. Free rent. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. The the turf war begins. It's not the first time you've had somebody living there rent-free. All right, going back. (laughs) Nice knowing you. He doesn't listen, I'm sure, anyway. So I'm going to start in the West because the Phoenix Suns have Chris Paul, who is revered by a lot of people. I mean, everyone's on the the Chris Paul bandwagon. Where the hell have they been the last 15 years? This guy has been the number one point guard in the NBA since he arrived in the NBA. And there's there are very few traditional point guards anymore in the NBA. They just don't they just don't. The NBA is different. It's a fast-paced game. They want scoring from their point guards and defense is essentially what the NBA is now. And Chris Ball's a throwback. And uh, I'm happy for him. He's with the Phoenix Suns. And if you, I'm not sure if you saw the embrace with Monty Williams after they swept the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Monty sort of gave him a big hug. And uh, Monty's a guy I want to talk about. And I had mentioned, Brock, you know, you and I, we're, we're on each other for things that we do wrong. We're, um, we're, we're highly critical of each other. Uh, like ourselves, but we have to pat ourselves on the back when we say something right. And I tell you, when we were talking about hoops with Dan Case and Barbier uh, a couple of months back, I brought up the Sun situation. Not so much Chris Paul. I mean, they knew they were going to get better when they got Chris Paul. I mean, that's an easy prediction. You're going to be a playoff team with Chris Paul. For me, their acquisition of Jay Crowder, who's like the, the one of those kind of glue guys that can yep. hit threes and play defense, but Monty Williams... This guy, everywhere he's gone, he's been a winner as a coach. And I can't for the life of me understand why teams let coaches like him go. And if you look on a, on the east side of things, the Atlanta Hawks, their head coach, and by the way, the Atlanta Hawks are now tied with Philadelphia, 2-2. Their head coach, Nate McMillan, is in the same boat. 
Everywhere he's gone, he's had success. The Indiana Pacers were a, a very good playoff team a couple of years ago. They fired him. I don't get it. Is it is it firing for the sake of change? I and I you know you and I talked about this earlier, uh, and I, I like I don't really know even how to bring it up. But I think Charles Barkley. There's a quote from Barkley. And I think it's Barkley who said this. He said, "Black coaches don't get let go or released of or relieved of their duties. They get fired. They get fired. That's that was Barkley. Yeah, and that's what's happened. That's what's happened to guys like Dwayne Casey, uh, Nate McMillan, and Monty Williams. Got good coaches who players love to play for. I I can't yeah, figure he it said, out. He said something. He's like, black coaches don't get." Um, don't part ways. Yes. They get fired. They get fired. And you know what? I am so happy for a guy like Monty Williams, who's who was as an NBA player, was a pretty good player. I mean, he was a, he was a role player, sixth guy, seventh guy off the uh, you know, on the bench. But as a head coach, he's been excellent. And I'm really, really happy for him. And I'm not surprised the Suns were where they are. DeAndre Ayton's their center. He's uh, improved leaps and bounds under Monty because last year people were talking about, ah, you know, this guy's limited. He's just a throwback big guy, doesn't have Listen, he was dominant against the Lakers. He made Drummond and uh, Gasol look like look like nothing. He was really good. And they beat the Lakers pretty soundly. That's a team I'm really, really looking forward to seeing. But for me, the best team in the NBA is still the LA Clippers. Why? Because they have the best player still remaining. Kawhi? Now, Kawhi Leonard, for me, is still the best player in the NBA. It's not, it, it, for, it, it's not Kevin Durant. It's nope. not James Harden. It's not Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's Kawhi Leonard. And Luka Doncic is a close second, but Kawhi came up big when he had to, and he beat the, the Mavericks down 3-1. Yeah. So, for me, the Clippers are still the team to beat. And I want to tell you something, Brock. Paul George, I don't think he gets his enough love. I mean, yeah, play, he called himself playoff P a couple of years ago. He stunk when he was with OKC. He stunk last year. And, uh, you know, he's had his struggles, but he's been playing really well. Tell me one guy on the, on the Raptors who's better than Paul George right now, the current Raptors. The current Raptors, the current Paul yeah. George? Yeah. I don't know if there is. I don't yeah, know. I, think I, I can't pick up anybody. Yeah. Paul George is a top, I'd say a top 20 player in the NBA. There's 30 teams. So that means he's the best. He's better than any, than 10 teams altogether. So I think, I just don't think he gets enough credit for being a, one of those lengthy wing guys who can shoot threes and go to the basket. Um, do I like him? I hate the Clippers. I'm a Laker fan. But he doesn't get enough credit. And that team is doing it without Serge Ibaka, who's out for the rest of the playoffs, who the Raptors, I think, let go at a perfect time. And then, so my, that, my West is going through the Clippers. I'm sorry. It's going to be the Clippers and the Suns in the next round. It's going to be very exciting. In the East, really quickly, the Atlanta Hawks, again, I talked about them. They're 2-2 with the Sixers. The Sixers, man, I just don't, I don't know. I mean, they're they're bigger, and but they're slower. And... uh you know, the Hawks are built for now with Trey Young. He's an exciting young player. He is exciting. They're surrounded by shooters. Bogdanovich and uh, Roder, Roder, I think his name is. He's a another another guy that can shoot Gallinari. And then they've got big guys, Capella and John Collins. I mean, they're they're constructed to, to play today's style of NBA. They could be this year's Miami. I don't know. I think they might okay. be. And uh, the Bucks and Nets is a really intriguing matchup now. It's tied 2-2. The Nets are, are devastated. Injuries are, have just decimated their, their roster. No Harden, no Irving. I mean, no Harden, no Irving. I'm sorry. The Bucs are going to win this series. Do they deserve to win? I don't know. The Nets are, are 
infinitely better with those two, one of those two guys in with Durant. So it's going to be very interesting. I don't know if you've watched any of the playoffs. Have you watched any of the playoffs? One and two, who, who are you rooting for? Uh, I've watched some of the playoffs in ter- like I watched some of the Knicks games, you know, because of yeah. uh, the Canadian connection and, uh, and, and Young's fun to watch too. And just Madison square garden, all that kind of stuff that did get me cool, kind eh? of into it. Uh, the chance, the, the, you know, like it was something I wanted to watch and that was good. Um, but I haven't followed it super closely. Um, but I'm the Suns was a team and we were bringing up, what we talked with uh, Dan and Dave, I got to go back. I think Phoenix was probably one of the teams I'd pick too, just because uh, a lot of it had to do with the acquisition of Paul. And I thought that his yeah. leadership and stuff like that on the court would do really wonders for Booker and the rest of the supporting cast. Yeah. Um, obviously I still have a soft spot for Phoenix because Charles had played there for so long and that was my team growing up. Um, so that's, they're the team I'm following. I do. I really do like watching the Hawks, though, and I want to see what they can do, and I want them to beat Philly. Um, ultimately, I'd like to see them come out of the East, I think. That'd be the most uh, entertaining from my standpoint. If I could see an Atlanta-Phoenix final, I'd be happy with that. Mm. Mm. I like that. I like that a lot. I, thought I, was I, uh, I like uh, Atlanta Atlanta versus the Nets or the Bucks would be a hell of a matchup. I mean, the Sixers are a very, very good team. They're likely to move on, but we'll see. I mean, it's going to be tough. They're one injury away. Their big man's playing with a slightly torn meniscus, so... Who knows what happens there? Anyway, that's my NBA roundup. It's exciting ball. I I know the NBA gets a little bit of a bad rap because of the – there's a lot of threes, basically. There's a lot of threes in today's NBA game, and some of us traditionalists don't necessarily like it. I'm a three-point shooter. I love it. So Well, it's so yeah. indicative of who's going to win the game because if you come out and you're hot and shooting the lights out, the odds are you're going to win the game. That's just the way it win. is. It's, you know, it's, uh, it is interesting later in the game to see like which teams can say, you know what, we're not able to hit the three. Can we pick up our defense and run set plays? But like you said, it's just, it's kind of not today's game. No. And I, you know, I, just to put a final thought on the NBA and the style of play, these guys are, I know it looks like it on TV, but they're not coming down and hoisting up threes. They're oftentimes, especially if they're, if it's a made basket and they're coming down down the court, they've just got the rebound or whatever the case is, and they're coming down and they have a chance to set up, they're running a, a, a specifically designed play to get a guy an open look. Uh, sometimes you get the point guard who'll go rogue and just hoist it up. That happens occasionally, a little heat check. But these are these are set plays. The, the game today is to spread the floor because the, it's just too cl- congested in the middle. So if you're watching NBA and you, you're thinking, oh, man, every, all they're doing here is just coming down and the first guy that gets the pass is hoist number three. No, it's these guys are it's set plays. You're talking so to you're, the you kids, gotta, the kids who are watching NBA and how they're developing their game because of that. Watch, watch that highlight college you, kids. You put it out where the guy came across. They're like, oh, this is the guy following the NBA. He comes across half court and launches at a high school and hits like <laughs> yeah. the ceiling and whatever. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Idiots. That's right. Yeah. Watch college kids. Watch college. NCAA basketball is the absolute best. Anyway, and I want to, oh, sorry, I want to shout out Don Staley and Becky Hammond. They're interviewing for the Portland Trailblazers job. And Don Stadley is an amazing coach. I think she's in South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, if either of these women will be amazing coaches in the NBA. Becky Hammond's been a Spurs assistant for, I think, a couple of years now under Pop. Okay, um, I know her, yeah. So, Who's, yeah, uh, so Don be, is from where? Pardon me? Don I think is from she's, where? I think she's South Carolina. She, they lost to, to Stanford in the finals by a point. 
And uh, okay. but I mean, she took a program that was basically nothing into uh, made yeah. it into a championship program. So great coach, really good with on the mic too. She's a really good speaker. So anyway, hope hope one of those two women uh, find their spot um, in the NBA as a head coach. And uh, congratulations to the NBA for being a leader in that sort of that department. So anyway, let's move on. We have some time. We're going to do a little overtime today. We got nobody behind us, right? I don't think the uh, the I boys are behind think so. us. Uh, boss man will let us know if there happens to be shout out to uh, boss man Kwame as well. Thursdays, yeah. he's got his DJ set at uh, I think it's six o'clock or maybe it's five. I got to figure out what time it was, but I was on the golf course last yeah. Thursday afternoon and uh, threw on. I got the little notification that he was on, so I went on for the throwback. And I tell you, it was a lot of fun. I even uh, sent a couple of uh, requests in. He gave us a shout out on the golf course and then also gave the UC a shout out for all the sports on Tuesdays. Yeah. Uh, but he was playing banger after banger. And I'm like, it's hard to putt when you're kind of jamming to the song and ah. whatever. It was, it was really good. So big boss, uh, man. Thursday afternoons, evenings there, uh, Kwame does his thing. So make sure you tune in to Cap City Beats on that night. Love it. I love it. Uh, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. All right. Very good. Very good. Um, NHL playoffs. Yeah, bud. I want to shout out Mikhail Sergachev. Why? Well, not because he uh, got traded for uh, Jonathan Drouin, who is basically no longer with the Habs. Uh, I wish him well, whatever's going on with him. But, um, you know, he was traded from the Habs to the Lightning. Uh, the Habs needed some scoring. I guess they felt that they had uh, enough uh, defense to uh, of a surplus to send this guy to Tampa Bay. He's been nothing but a stud for them. Uh, I saw a clip yesterday of him driving off outside the arena in a blue, looked like a blue BMW, and there were two fans on the sidewalk. Uh, one of them had a Braden Point jersey, and the other one had his jersey. He didn't have it on. He was just sort of waving it to the car, and uh, Sergachev stopped his car. Kind of, kind of in the middle of traffic, pulled it over on the side, but stopped his car, got out, signed the kid's jersey, signed the kid's stick, took a couple selfies with the kid. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool stuff. Uh, I think that was coming off a loss, too, if I'm not mistaken. Did not did the Islanders not win game one? Islanders won game one, that's correct. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, kudos to Sergachev for... Um, that's just a cool thing. That's just a cool thing. And... Uh, it makes me not not hate the trade as much. Are you um, sure it was him, or just the headline said it was him? Are you sure it was him, and just not some Pretty guy sure that came out and started signing jerseys? And well, well, I mean, I hope it was. I hope it was him. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many fans have no clue what these guys look like in real life, and they'll be like, just his his Russian yeah. buddy getting out of the car. Go sign his go sign his shirt. Well, we'll, take a picture with him. Maybe we'll need a fact check, but uh, nah, uh, sure that's going to be a great series. I'm I want the Islanders to win because I want to see the Islanders Same. and Canadians somehow make it to the finals. It, mm. It'd be a very retro vintage feel to it we're talking about the best team in the 70s versus the best team in the first half of the 80s um be kind of cool to see just from a from a whatever nostalgic perspective do we have any big islander fans who are listeners by any chance i don't don't know anybody who's an islander fan you know what if you're a big islanders fan hit us up i might have something for you what i got this thing here that uh, i was given by uh yeah, I don't know. I don't want to give it away. So somebody's just like, hey, yeah, I'm an Islander fan. Give it to me. It was a <laughs> Billy Smith used to come in the marshes all the time. So I got Billy to know Smith? him. Billy Smith. Yeah. <clears throat> so not a very big guy. Right. But uh, he was he's good friends with Brad Marsh. So he'd be in marshes all the time. And I got to know him. And uh, 
you know, he liked his beers after games and stuff. So he's telling me stories and all this kind of stuff. And I remember the one time I was, I forget, I was working. I was looking at the TV and I hear, hey, Brock. I said, what? And I turned back and it's, it's Billy. I said, oh, what's going on? And he, and he reaches into his, his uh, jacket pocket and he pulls out. And he's got all of his Stanley Cup rings and his Hall of Fame ring. So I think there's five Stanley Cup rings and his Hall yeah. of Fame ring. They're all like this little display thing. So he just, like brings it out super sneakily to show me. And yeah. anyway, uh, he was still working for the honors. So he had brought me a hat and signed Sign the hat and Hall of Fame and whatever on the Islander hat. Anyway, I have it. I don't wear the Islander hat. I'm not a huge Islander supporter. Yeah. Uh, I have nowhere to like display it or anything. Like I don't have that kind of stuff. So I have this real. Yeah, you know, again, it's a it's a brand new Islander hat. That's he's a Hall of Fame goalie. One of the, for the best yeah. teams in that that decade has signed it. So uh, if somebody can wants it and would appreciate it and you know display it or whatever, I have it. Hit us so. up. Let us know. That's pretty cool. Uh, Blue Jay alert. Uh, da- uh, Dante Bichette. Geez. Bo Bichette just hit a solo homer, and the Blue Jays are up 2-1 in the third against the Yankees. Good. Um, NHL hockey. I watched the Habs in uh, Vegas last night. I'd watch as much as I could. It was a late start. I think 9 o'clock is when the puck dropped. Yep. You um, missed Vegas the first really period, knows- though, probably. Watching I the missed Jays. the one. Did you miss yeah. the first period watching the, On- the Jays? Honestly, I did. I mean, I watched the Jays over the over the Habs, and it, I wanted to see the beginning. Uh, Vegas puts on a pretty good show. Oh, yeah. um, the fans are wild. The building is crazy. Um, it's it very. There's a very high level of entertainment that they provide uh, at their home games. That's pretty cool. Very. Uh, I was looking forward to seeing Pacioretty and Suzuki, and you know the the the, the pieces that came in that trade. Uh, Tatar was the other guy that came back, but he uh, he's a healthy scratch. Vegas is really good. Did it, is it the four best goalies in the finals right now? In this, in with uh, Vasilevsky, Flurry, Price, Varlamov would be a distant probably. Uh, I don't know Varlamov. I mean, Varlamov was excellent in Washington. Like he was really good, and it was yeah. just a numbers game. And they brought you know when they brought in, uh, I think it was Holtby. Yeah. So, like, yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, for sure. I don't. For me personally, I don't think there's a huge gap between the best goalie in the in the NHL and the worst. Um, in terms of starting goalies, I, I I don't know how big the gap is. That's a show it's I there. wouldn't mind bringing up with you as terms of like which positions in sports have, uh, I guess, the improved smallest. as much over time as like the NHL goalie. Like, wow. the, anyway, it's insane. They're bigger. I mean, they're bigger. They're so bigger. They're being... faster. They're more flexible. They're wearing bigger yeah. pads. They're whatever. Like it's. If they can just handle their positioning, I mean, it's really, uh, and, you know, they're not afraid of taking a slap shot to the face. Um, I mean, look, but uh, it's fun to watch Flurry and Price. But let me tell you, so the strategy I think Vegas is is imploring, is implying, imploring? Implementing? Implementing? Yeah. Implying? I'm usually pretty good with my English. Are you implying implementing? Implementing? Is uh, they want to get Carey Price moving left, right. And uh, not just not just peppering him with shots like the Jets did and uh, like Toronto did, and they did that last night a lot. He was he was. I mean, there was a play. I, there was one. I, I think the guy missed the net, but Price dove like full on dive. They're move, making him move left to right, and boy, they passed the puck really well in the offensive zone. Considering there's not a whole lot of room, um, that's a good team in Vegas. They're fast. They're big. They hit. They've got. I mean, their defense is loaded. Alec Martinez and Peter Angelo, and uh, they got um, uh, Theodore, Theodore kid, Shea, Shea Theodore. Theodore. Yeah, I mean they've got studs at every level. They're good. 
Uh, Fleury's yeah. my favorite goalie, uh, hands down. So I'm going for, obviously, I'm going for Vegas and the Islanders. Uh, but you talk about moving price left to right and stuff. That's what, I mean, the Leafs tried to do that. You know, Winnipeg tried to do that. When a guy's standing on top of his head, that's what you have to do. Now, Vegas doesn't have the... Um, there's there's probably a difference between game planning to have him move that much versus getting shut down everywhere where now you're second-guessing the shot. You don't want to shoot. Now you're looking for the pass. It's almost there like a, uh, there's a difference there of maybe a split second, whatever. But that's uh, that seems to be what Vegas is coming in saying, you know what, we're not even going to try and say, is he going to have a bad day? Are we going to get stuff by him? We're going to make a move from the get-go. Uh, but they also don't have that fear in their head of not shooting for a split second and trying to dump it off because they just don't think they have the right angle. Um, but hey, hey, Vegas is <laughs> Vegas is fun Vegas, to watch. Uh, you know, the Sens, you know, Mark Stone and what could have been there, I think that's going to be a, a long-term uh, regret from an Ottawa fan. Um, you know what? Considering how young he was when they let him go, I thought, man, that's one, one out of all the guys I hung on to him. Imagine Stone and Kachuk somehow playing together. I mean, wow. Right. Just that, that grittiness, that excitement, like when he scores, when he's whatever, like the team goes through him. That's why he's the captain, but you see the emotion, you see the, you know, we finally broke through when they were down in that series. The, uh, was the last series they were down to Colorado two nothing. And then yep. they, you know, they got, he got on the board and whatever. And you can see that emotion and that the team just feeds off it. And then yep. it was a totally different game after that, that Vegas controlled the play start to finish. So he brings a lot of intangibles to that team. And I think uh, he's a great captain for what they have. And, uh, you know, I wish him yeah. success. They got tons of a Marcia. So, and oh man, Pacioretty's, you know, if, if Pacioretty's anything, He's he's not flashy, but he he gets the puck on net. So I give him that. He you know I think one year he led the league in shots. Now he didn't lead the league in goals, but you know you, you can't score unless you shoot. So he's creating some good stuff. I want to give a shout out to Peter DeBoer. Peter DeBoer is one of the most underrated coaches in the NHL, along with Barry Trotz. Um, you know, great success in New Jersey, great success in San Jose. And, you know, he's he was uh, relieved of his duties in both places, but he ended up in a perfect situation. Shout out to the Rangers who hired uh, Gerard Gallant, uh, a really great hire. I thought if I actually thought if the Canadiens didn't uh, do well in the first round and they would have let go Ducharme, I thought Gallant would have been a perfect fit in Montreal. Really, really good coach uh, for a really good team in New York. They're young. Um, he so, was let go but, after a good year in Vegas, wasn't he? He won the cup. Well, that was goal. a pretty he good might, year, I guess. Well, no, he yeah, didn't. Yeah, uh, pretty good. Yeah, wasn't that wasn't, he won. that wasn't with Vegas? He went to the cup. No, I'm I'm 99 sure he won the cup with Vegas, and then was like, oh, I remember I remember it being ridiculous. No one could really figure I out. I didn't why. think Vegas has won yet, but anyway, I, uh, Curtis is no I'm not at his computer right now. But Mike, did Vegas not. not win the cup that year? We'll get that fact checked. Guys, fact checkers, let's go. I know it's late in the night, but we need you. Let's go. Pick up your game. Pick it up. All right. So anyway, I don't know if Montreal, um, well, they've only been in existence for a couple of years, right? Like, what, is their fourth year now? I th- was it not their rookie year? Their first year. I thought they went to the cup, but I don't think, uh, yeah. They didn't, didn't win, win the cup. cup. Okay. All right. But their inaugural year, he took them to the cup. Took them to the cup um, in their first year, but still got let go. Which is impressive for any expansion team. Like, I mean, do you, does anyone That's expect That's impressive. To him, him getting fired is not impressive. 
Yeah. The, the, uh, the, does anyone expect the Seattle Kraken to make it to the Cup uh, final this year? I forgot or next about year? them. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be wild. So Montreal, I think, is outman, but we'll see. I mean, nobody expected Montreal. I mean, I'm, now we're talking 25 years ago now, but no one expected the, the the 93 Canadians to do anything. They were not that talented a team. But you know, you need it. Like my buddy Yannick Jengras said, you need in the playoffs to make it to the Cup. You need a little bit of luck. You need some injury on the one side. You need an upset in a, in the playoffs. When I look at the 93 Abs, I mean, they were down uh, 2-0 to Nordiques came back 1-4-0, but then they had to play Buffalo instead of Boston. That was an upset. Um, and then they had, in the conference finals, they played, instead of playing Super Mario and the Penguins, who were awesome, they got upset by the Islanders. So Montreal had a super lucky path to the, I mean, you still got to win, but that was a pretty lucky path to the LA Kings, which could have should have been Toronto. Should have been so, Toronto. I was following so the other side of that. Uh, right? Should have yeah. been Toronto. And I think uh, you need a little bit of luck sometimes to make it to the cup final. Like I think like any playoffs, I think football really is the only sport where the good teams end up winning. I find in, in football, they end up either making it to the final, the, the finals of their, of their conference or, or usually to the Super Bowl at least. Um, but every other sport, there's a lot of upsets. So some people say it's harder to get to win a championship with football. And uh, who was that? that said that there was a quote a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, hard to debate that. So there you go. I mean, I got that's all I got for hockey right now. So I'm you got pumped about it. You're obviously going for the Habs and the Islanders. You said I want the Habs to win win it all. I'd like to see the Habs and Islanders for nostalgic purposes. I, I just I don't see it. I don't see. I don't. See, Vegas is just too good. But who knows? Are they going to come back to Montreal? The 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 city. Sorry, the the team has applied for more fans to enter. Whether they're that's going to be accepted or not in time, I have no idea. Maybe that's 2,500 up to 5,000. I have no idea. It'd be kind of cool uh, to see more fans there. 5,000 would be half the building. So, you know, there's hey. three times as many people in the streets letting fireworks off that are congregated all together. At some point, just let them do it. Yeah. You know, let's let's well, get on with it. We're almost there, eh? We're almost there. Um, do we have time to talk about the Jays, or do we want to get to uh, that another let's time? Let's say uh, that. Maybe let's do... Uh, Another uh, podcast only one where we can kind of get right into it because I think if we yeah. just talk about you know, Vladdy's ridiculously hot bat right now, uh, you know, our starting pitchers doing well and our relievers, I think it's redundant for some of that stuff. If we really want to yeah. get into it a little bit deeper for the Blue Jay fans and guys that are that uh, like that um, depth of uh, discussion, I think we should do that probably uh, off of the live episode. That's a good call, my friend. All right, well, I think, uh, again, we're going to reiterate, it is <laughs> the Talladega Nights is Friday, oh. June 18th, so make sure that you register your cars. you got to get those in. We're going to be tuning oh. in Facebook Live, 7 p.m. I'm going to see what car I have. Hopefully, okay. we can get some cool ones and see, uh, I don't know, something to cheer for. I'll do for. this live on air here. Hang on, before, I, before oh, we go. Oh, my God. Here we are. I, I don't have any intro music for it's the... The tarot yeah, cards. Need, no, for magic tricks, there we don't go. do intro music. Oh, that's nice. Okay. So I've got six cards here. My buddy Chris Risen gifted me a, a, an old set of 2008 NHL, uh, what are these, uh, upper deck. So I got, found two Shea Webers. All right. I found two Eric Stalls. And two, this, this is the Joker, the wild card, the bad card. Two, Radic Bonks, when he was with the uh, Nashville Predators. Man, his... He has some pretty good stats, actually, these years with the Sens. 
Yeah. And then two, the two was. years with the Habs, he, uh, yeah, he was pretty good. Good stats. He had uh, 25 goals. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to shuffle these together. Okay, so I'm just going to... I'm not looking. You guys are looking. I'm not looking. My eyes are closed. Shuffle them all together. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick one. And if I pick a bonk, the Habs are going to get swept. If I pick anybody else, it's still up for grabs. Okay? Anybody so else, go. they're going to lose 4-1. to one. Yeah. Okay. So are you ready? I am picking one. As you can see, I'm staring at the screen and not at the cards. Ah, and these, the listeners boom. are just on the edge of their seat. Eric we got ourselves Stahl. a stally, baby. We got ourselves a series, kids. Woo! I'd like to uh, apologize to Boss Man <laughs> Kwame for the <laughs> the last thirty five seconds of this show. The content got way uh, hey, way below. Standard. Nobody wants to pick a bong. <clears throat> nobody. He had good stats. Big boy. He had great stats. Um. <laughs> I don't even know. Okay, you threw me completely off for that. We should have been off air for that. Um, get your get your cars in. Support the Ottawa Dog Rescue Foundation, but join us in watching the Hot Wheels race. A little excitement on a Friday night. Let's see what the cool. Habs do if they get a first goal. I think that's their whole key. If they get on the board first, there's a chance. If they don't, it's uh, lights out. So let's see yeah. if there is a game that uh, they can score first. Um, ultimately, I want uh, Fleury and Vegas to move on. Mm. But uh, okay. all right, on that, we're going to go out to uh, it's a song that's it's fairly new. It's Fat Joe. It's an old artist, but oh, it's I a like it. new song called Sunshine. And it's come on the, uh, the, the truck a couple times, and I have pumped it and let it go. So I can see this being a kind of a fun one over the summertime called Sunshine. Have yourself a I'm great a night. Time to bring the light in. We're going to bring the light in, you know. DJ Khaled, I see you. Cooler Dre, I see you. Christine Jewelers in the building. Al Boogie, Lorena, Torellis, the flies. Let's get it. When I got my 50 on Do the douce When it touch a deli on She got a man And he's stuck in the feds Said he gon' kill me Cause she up in my bed We wear chains That are psyched the knocks Only G7s When the flights apart Stash pesos The Turks and Caicos Dapper dead on The first to break those Not back to Caicos Throw your rollies in the sky My guys will take those Lower east side I'm up in there Why? See me on the floor With OB court side Baddies on deck You know I'm loving them Still in the meeting With Cali Another one. Waiting on that sunshine, boy, I think I need that back. Can't do it like that. No one else gonna get it like that. So what are you? You, yeah. Would you take me back? Who cares when it feels like crack? Well, you know that yeah. you always do it right. Uh, crack man and I'm out of the game. Silk shirts and a couple of chains. I go deeper and deeper. Sign a prenup, you know it's cheaper to keep up. Crack work in a two-seater. Put you in Milan, you can kick your feet up. Tank cap, pinky ring on the dawn. I told her. If you 